I'm Jill Shaw, coming to you from my home, more than six feet away from Ross Wilson, who is also in his home. Good afternoon, Ross. How is Charlestown? Uh, good afternoon, Jill. Uh, things are great in Charlestown. I think uh, my, my three kids are uh, somewhere downstairs, and uh, I think we're on day 17 of social distancing um, with plenty more to go. The Wilson family is rocking it. Um, so we're here to do an update on what happened last night at school committee, which was hosted on Zoom for the first time ever. I gotta say, Jill, this was what, what a tremendous um, school committee meeting last night. The accessibility of being able to use Zoom and allow for uh, citizens to be able to sign up on Zoom and add their public comment from their homes or the comfort of their living rooms, uh, it, was, it was pretty awesome. And um, I think there's something really to learn from this uh, Committee meeting last night, where potentially the school committee could offer public comment in this way going forward. It, it was it was quite awesome, and um, I got to say, Mark Racine and the technology team and everybody on the school committee, and the superintendent, um, did a did a really awesome job of organizing the meeting, and um, I thought it was very efficient and very accessible. I know Mark's been on fire between getting Chromebooks out to every student who needs them and putting this together in a ridiculously timely fashion, and it was amazing to see all of these citizens across Boston using the technology in this way to be apprised of what's going on at school committee and also share their views on things. It was, it was a great thing and I agree with you. I, it would be wonderful if the technology carry, carries on even when we are able to be live again. This is obviously a, an unprecedented time and we also want to thank school committee members and Dr. Brenda Casilius and her team, the academic superintendents and the amazing principals who are trying to keep learning going it's been it's been quite a feat um you know all of us were um across the city were, were, were a bit cut off guard I, I believe when when the announcement was made that schools were going to close um and the school system in the city worked very quickly to try to get chromebooks and um you know paper paper tools like packets and of of student information together and get them out to all the students across the city in a very short period of time um, actually, here's Dr. Brenda Caselius updating the school committee on these efforts. So let me talk specifically about our meals. Uh, we've been providing free meals to our families at 16 different uh, BPS sites and distribution sites spread across the entire system, both breakfast and lunch. And we've been giving out multiple meals um, if families have that or for multiple children. So we are not turning anyone away. So we ask that you come Monday through Friday between the hours of 8.30 and 11.30. Um, you can find the locations um, at bostonpublicschools.org, and there's a number of other emergency meal sites throughout the city that are also available on boston.gov or simply by calling 311. Um, today, we provided our families over 6,605 breakfast and lunch meals, and as of this afternoon, we've served approximately 40,282 meals since this program launched. That's quite a testament to our food service staff, our Boston School Police who have been there, uh, and our custodians opening up our buildings and ensuring that everybody's uh, maintaining a safe distance. So just so thankful for the volunteers, the many volunteers and our food service uh, workers who have uh, put that together. Then, of course, everyone's heard about the Chromebooks, uh, the generosity of the city, and uh, providing our additional 20,000 Chromebooks. We had originally um, hoped to get a lot of our original Chromebooks that we already had in our schools out, but because of the Monday, uh, our last day of school, um, there was um, not such good attendance. We have um, had to readjust our schedule. And then a few days later came the um, significant 
pullback of the social distancing. So that too has caused um, some snags in the delivery. But I am uh, really happy to report that even with those snags, Mark uh, Racine and his entire team have been able to pull together and distribute over 19,000 Chromebooks to our students. Um, and so we're really, really excited about um, being able to have those out plus the ones that we had in our school and we still have a whole lot more to get out. So you may see me on Twitter, you may see me around talking that we need your help um, and asking your neighbors if the children have the technology um, and that, that they could fill out the form. So if you need a Chromebook, we want you to fill out this form at bostonpublicschools.org forward slash laptop. Again, bostonpublicschools.org forward slash laptop. And also, we should mention that families um, should know that meals are also being made available at YMCA's and other summer feeding sites across the city, just in case those are easier to get to. Yeah, it should be. Um, it, it also should be. It's important to note here that um, the Chromebooks and materials, while we've got them out to the majority of students around the city, um, they're being used in many different ways. Uh, we've seen one school in Mattapan um, develop a YouTube channel and deliver content through a YouTube channel. Uh, we've, we've seen other schools where teachers are holding their class live on Zoom. Um, and we've also seen uh, other schools who are uh, using book clubs and other resources to get students engaged. Um, here's uh, Superintendent Casilius on how different schools across the city are offering distance learning. As for our learning materials, we are continuing to curate learning materials both at school, so some schools have done their own, and then we are doing some uh, central office curation. So as you know, um, Boston Public Schools has uh, autonomous schools, and some of those schools have decided to uh, move forward with their learning materials. We also have other schools who have their own websites that they've designed. So from now until uh, April 27th, uh, schools will be using supplemental uh, opportunities for learning through either their school-based methods or through our curated district-wide methods. We have packets of information available at all of our food distribution sites. So there are paper-based options. There's plenty of material in there for up to four weeks of learning. Uh, so we hope that uh, our parents will be able to come and get a hold of those paper-made materials if they don't. Plus we're pushing out new content every day on our digital website um, and that will be available to all parents um, on www.bostonpublicschools.org. So as you heard from Superintendent Casilius, um, there are uh, some really interesting practices going on from schools uh, around distance learning and offering uh, students access to the content. Um, there also are incredible disparities and challenges here because uh, we see some schools flourish um, and some teachers flourish using these online tools. Uh, for other schools and teachers, this is a brand new experience where it's a huge learning curve for them um, and they're trying to figure out the best ways to engage their students. Yeah, and it makes sense that this was on the minds of school committee members. In particular, we heard questions about this from Michael O'Neill and from Dr. Lorna Rivera. Let's play those. My last question is, I just want to clarify, all of our teachers are currently being paid, correct? Yes, all of our public employees are being paid. Okay. What are the obligations of our teachers um, with regards to communicating with students or doing some type of educational activities for students? Are there obligations currently, or uh, what is the, you know, what will be done about that in uh, working with, uh, in partnership with the teachers union? 
are there labor issues related to this? Is that, is it why there hasn't been, you know, the daily, the beyond just the availability of the technology, are there, are there any labor issues that we're, we're facing at this moment in terms of um, addressing the equity issues in, in, in the instructional piece? So Ross, there's lots of moving parts here, which of course is to be expected. Jill, you know, we, we have union contracts um, that clearly state what, happen, what happens uh, for our union employees during snow days. Um, but we've, we've never, we never have planned for union contracts that deal with when we're out of school for months at a time. Um, and so this is not just an issue in Boston, it's an issue around the country uh, where there is no real contract, contractual language about wow. how to deal with distance learning or how to deal with um, work conditions when school's not in session for, for weeks or months at a time. Right. And so do you think this is going to probably be a massive to- topic across the country as we re- start to recover from this current crisis? I think we're going to learn a lot. I mean, as we, as we see, you know, thankfully, all of our employees in the city of Boston are being paid and, and are not being impacted economically. Um, and at the same time, we're, we're going to have to figure out going forward about how we uh, appropriately engage our employees during these, if this ever happens again, how do we engage our employees in, in productive work to make sure we're serving the needs of our students? Right, right. That makes sense. So there was one vote that was taken last night at school committee, and that was to, it was a big vote, it was to approve the 2020-2021 budget for Boston Public Schools. What do you think? Right, and so this is a this is a statutory obligation for the school committee to take a vote um, last night. So they, they had to move forward with the, with the budget vote for, for the next school year. Um, there was real no dramatic changes in the budget as we saw presented over the course of a few months here at school committee meetings and budget hearings. Um, there was about a dozen schools or so um, that received some additional positions, um, and I think these were based on concerns that were raised at budget hearings. Um, these positions were taken out of a reserve fund that was being held centrally, um, and I, you know, it, overall, it, it looks like BPS, uh, the superintendent's office, um, made these decisions uh, to, to solve problems in the budget process. Um, but otherwise, there's no major changes uh, overall in the total amount of dollars allocated in this budget or the way in general that the, the budget was structured. Right. And so, so the budget's going up by about $100 million over last year's budget. Is I know that we sometimes look at it correlated to student enrollment. Is in, enrollment going up as well? No, enrollment um, continues to go down. Um, so, yes, we do see a budget going up. I mean, that's primarily because teacher salaries are going up and uh, the superintendent and her team have um, allocated uh, for more positions in schools. Again, this is um, related to the mayor's commitment to add additional funds to BPS's budget, uh, particularly to deal with schools that are in the lowest 10% of the state. Um, but it's also, it is really important to keep an eye on these enrollment numbers. Uh, currently, we know that welcome centers are closed around the city. And so... Um, so meaning if big... you just move to the city, you, right now you cannot sign up. You, you have to wait until the welcome centers are open again in order to get your children enrolled into Boston Public Schools? Right. That's a, it's a real concern right now because we have a paper-based and in-face-based uh, enrollment process. Um, mm-hmm. So 
uh, right now we may see numbers go down even further uh, because our welcome centers are closed. Um, we'll have to keep an eye on assignment letters going out. So this is around the time or coming up soon is when time comes for kindergarten students and upper grade students to receive their assignments, uh, school assignments. Um, so we'll have to, to make sure we're paying attention to when those go out. Um, and these things may impact enrollment uh, going forward for the school system. Right. The other thing about the budget was that Michael O'Neill in particular mentioned that given that our economy is likely to be impacted by the current crisis, um, it also could impact city, city spending because rev city revenue or tax dollars could go down in, in this case. And then I guess, I, I don't know, maybe the BPS budget gets revisited, maybe it doesn't. I think there was a lot of discussion about um, what happens once we're back to, I guess, a new normal. Right, it's clear that the world has changed. Um, we, um, we've seen construction stop around our city. We've seen uh, the unemployment rates go up dramatically. Um, so we really, there's a real potential we may see budget changes and impact uh, going forward uh, in next year's budget. And alongside the budget, will there also be a vote on the final version of the strategic plan? I think the last time we saw it presented, it was still kind of uh, in notes and bulleted format um, without an operating plan attached to it. What, what do you think? Is, is that something that they vote on or is that just something that sort of uh, evolves over time? Um, I, I think we will see a, a, a vote on a final plan. Um, and as the superintendent indicated, um, I'm sure we're going to see uh, an updated plan with, with sort of the measures built out, uh, so some more clear uh, definable measures for the goals in the plan. Um, and as the superintendent has stated, we'll, we'll also see an operating plan um, uh, to follow in the, in the following meetings. Yep, that makes sense. So, so the one other big topic that um, came up both in public comment and amongst school committee members, and, and Dr. Casilius also spoke about this several times, were the worries around learning loss um, that could be happening, might definitely be happening during this uh, period of time while school buildings are closed. Um, what do you think about that? Well, this is unprecedented. We've, we've, uh, we've often talked about attendance and chronic absenteeism and the impact that absenteeism um, has on the achievement gap in the Boston schools and also uh, other schools around the country. Um, we've never had a situation where we've been out of school for this period of time. Um, and the, the real implications for, for expanding achievement gaps um, for our students who don't have access to their teachers or have access to high quality education every day, um, it, this is going to be astronomical. Um, and so I, I do think we'll hear a discussion coming up about um, ways to um, remediate this learning loss. Um, so maybe that will include summer school or maybe include more time on learning or maybe include other opportunities uh, for students to make up for this learning loss. Uh, but it, we, we certainly can't ignore the fact that many of our students don't have access to um, high quality instruction on a daily basis, which they, they deserve and they need. Right, and the, the superintendent also talked about potentially centralizing some of the online learning materials. She mentioned MassCore again. Do you think we'll see some things just coming straight out of the superintendent's office and central office as opposed to uh, coming from each school separately? I do. I think, I think what we've seen so far is the district, the district has reacted very quickly and got the tools necessary for our students to engage in learning going forward. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think now the district is working really hard on figuring out how to provide the appropriate content and resources for our students. Um, I think we'll see that come out of uh, a centralized in a centralized way. Um, I also think we'll begin to see how the district will respond to students with disabilities and English language learners um, who require more individualized, specialized instruction. Um, and I know the district is working really hard on trying to figure that out as well. Yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's so impressive. Um, everyone's thinking about the right things and, and the amount of activity, especially around technology and digital learning and how do you move other functions. Um, uh, of BPS online, there's an incredible amount of work being done in that direction. It's, it's, it's very impressive and admirable to, to see um, how everyone just has their heads down and they're working hard. Um, so so that is that kind of is a summary of what happened last night at school committee. The, just to be clear, the school committee did vote to approve the budget uh, for next year. And um, that is all we have for you tonight, Ross. I hope everything uh, is going well, stays well over in Charlestown. Thanks, Jill, you as well. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Last Night at School Committee. We hope that you enjoyed today's podcast, and if you did, please rate, review, like, and share it with your fellow friends, parents, and citizens of Boston. We all have a stake in the future success of Boston students. Please have a great day, stay safe, and wash your hands. <laughs>